You're listening to the Big Finish podcast launch date 6th of February 2017. Greetings, this is Benji Clifford speaking. I'm a sound designer and composer for Big Finish Productions. And here with me is the executive producer, actor, writer, director, Telos tour guide on behalf of Eric Klieg Association. That's right, it (laughs) is Mr. Nicholas Briggs. I'm humbled by your phenomenal words, Benji. Uh, It simply falls to me to remind all of our lovely listeners that we in Big Finish are the purveyors of fine audio drama and audio books. Doctor Who, Blake Seven, Torchwood, lovely Torchwood, The Prisoner, Dan Dare, Super Duper, Dan 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 Dare, The Omega Factor, Survivors, Countermeasures, Jigo and Lightfoot, uh, Dracula, which I spell as Dracual. (laughs) Dracula. Dracula. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> Dorian Gray, Frankenstein, Sherlock Holmes, The Avengers. Blimey, so much. Uh, check us out at bigfinish.com. Do it. Do it. And coming up in this podcast, in a moment, the Big Finish news. And that'll be followed by listeners' emails. Send your emails to podcast at bigfinish.com. Then, in a change to our regular format, we'll be devoting our guest star interview slot to a tribute to the late and truly great Sir John Hurt. We've been lucky enough since late 2015 to have produced 13 productions starring John Hurt. So, in the company of director Ken Bentley, line producer David Richardson and fourth doctor Tom Baker, we take a look at John's career, focusing, of course, on our experiences working with him. There are, as you might expect, some words from the great man himself. And that'll bring us to the end of our podcast this week with plenty of trailers and clips of John's work on both The War Doctor and The Invisible Man, both of which are due for release later this month. This is the Big Finish News. you do with that uh, I don't know why I don't I, I think it, it kind of just you know just just kind of helps me you know it helps me get into the zone because I think when it comes to the news you, you have to be in the zone the new zone the new zone and I am in the zone so here we go Dreams of Long Ago was originally our July Dark Shadows title but the release has been moved now forward to May The second story in the collection will be the previously delayed Quentin Collins story, Old Acquaintance, by actor and writer Matthew Waterhouse. Co-producer Joe Lidster says, David Selby is an incredibly busy actor, but we finally managed to get him into the studio. Quentin Collins is a fantastic character. He's Dorian Gray, the werewolf. Matthew's written a brilliant story that sees Quentin bringing the terrible danger to Collins Sports on New Year's Eve. 1971. I'd just like to take this opportunity to say that if anyone can hear some funny noises in the background, it's because it's raining really hard here and I'm in a shed. So <laughs> the, the noise is coming through. Anyway, uh, with apologies to Matthew Waterhouse, who I'm about to quote without doing an impersonation of him, obviously. I just don't have the figure. Uh, I adore Dark Shadows, says Matthew, in both its TV and audio incarnations. I've hugely enjoyed acting in a number of episodes, so I was delighted to be asked if I might have a go at writing a story. The audio version 
versions of my own books have always been read by me, so this is the first time I've written for another voice, which is exciting and a bit scary. After over 30 years spent acting and writing, it's another new adventure. Having worked with the excellent David Selby, I was thrilled to have the chance to write for his voice and his character, Quentin Collins. I've always been fascinated by old lost traditions, so I made a specific winter ritual the heart of the story. I was also pleased to have the chance to write a piece that takes place so soon after the final modern-day TV story. It is as if I am writing the very next episode. Lovely words there by Matthew Waterhouse. And the third story in the collection is Devil's Rock by new writer Kate Webster for the two-CD set. Check out all of our Dark Shadows titles and ranges at bigfinish.com. And the next release comes out later this month, Phantom Melodies. Here's the trailer. Dark Shadows. Phantom Melodies. With no time to lose, Harry slipped back into the tavern and hurried to the table where Carolyn and Roger were now deep in conversation. Excuse me, Mr. Collins. Could I have a word? Carolyn was gripping Roger's hand tightly, giving Harry pause for thought. Mrs. Stoddard had only just died. Could Carolyn cope with losing another family member so soon? But Roger himself soon cast any thoughts of mercy from Harry's mind. I think you'll find, Mr. Johnson, that I have already said more words to you than should be necessary in anyone's lifetime. It is high time you left this town and stopped besmirching your poor mother's reputation. I opened the curtain, and the man was there. The man from all my nightmares, and he was, he was different, and he was picking at the lead in the windows, trying to get in. I don't really remember anything after that. I just remember starting to scream, and then screaming and screaming. It wasn't just fear. I'm, I mean, sure, I was so scared, but I got angry because something from my stupid head was making me scared. Look, who are you? I'm you, Carolyn. I'm just as much you as you are. This is sick, copying someone's voice. When I find out who you are, you're going to be in so much trouble. I'm Carolyn Stoddard. I was born on July 16th. 1946. My mother was Elizabeth. And what do you my mean father, your mother was Elizabeth? She died a long time ago. What? Listen to me. I'm calling you from the year 2017. I'm calling you from the future. Amy walked only a short way before she found a small park where she sat on a bench. She took a deep breath and leaned her head into her hands. Was it always going to be this much hard work? She knew full well that the reason she'd left Didier at the cafe was what he had said about Roger and Elizabeth, about her seeing them because she was looking for them. How did he know that? Being intuitive was good, she told herself, but supernatural gifts were not. Dark Shadows is a big finish production. Out on the 7th of February, the Bernice Summerfield books, The Squire's Crystal and The Glass Prison, both by the brilliant Jacqueline Rayner, and they're out on ebook. Available from bigfinish.com. If you've ever wondered exactly how Benny ended up with a half-Killoran son, 
where Avril Fenman came from, or just wanted to dip into an earlier era where Benny was living on the Braxia Tale collection, now is your chance to find out. Tell us about the Squire's Crystal, Benji. I certainly can do. Legend tells of an evil sorceress who's used the power of magical crystals to transfer her mind into the bodies of others. Her reign, <laughs> yeah. her reign of terror was long and bloody, and her final defeat the cause of great rejoicing. But that's just a legend, a story told to children, isn't it? I mean, it's ridiculous. It couldn't have really happened, could it? <laughs> <laughs> and what about the glass prison? Well, Nick, it goes a little bit like this. Don't ever annoy the fifth axis. They might throw you into the glass prison on the... I'm going to have to ask you... Was it... Dier... I've no idea how to pronounce that. I thought we'd have a discussion about it. Diavile? It's spelled... D-E-I-R-B-H-I-L-E. If only I, I wish I could just phone Jack up and ask her. Anyway, that's the name of it. That's Do just carry it. on as though you've said it. <laughs> yes, okay, so... <laughs> and then throw away the key. <laughs> Once you're inside, there's nowhere to hide. They can see your every movement. They control you. You're going to be watched for the rest of your life. Wherever you go, whoever you are. Even if you're a professor of archaeology, even if you're a friend of the famous Irving Braxiatel, and you've written several popular coffee table books, even if you're pregnant, even if your baby's due any day now. But of course, they know all about your baby, and they're planning to take it away. That is, if the scary cultists you're locked up with don't get to it first. <gasps> Terrifying. Writer Jacqueline Rayner discusses some of the background of these early Bernice Summerfield books in this month's copy of our free in-house magazine, Vortex. Saying it's in-house makes it sound like you can't have it. You absolutely can. It's free to download on the site. And every time you buy a CD from us, you get them wrapped up in copies of Vortex. Well, it's better than chip paper, isn't it? Um, well, much better. That's the official review of Vortex. Better than chip paper. Better than chip paper. Uh, Please note that these stories cannot be downloaded or read through the Big Finish app, but can be downloaded as ebook or PDF files from your Big Finish account on our website. Check out all of our Bernie Summerfield at bigfinish.com. And here's a trailer of her most recent adventure with David Warner as the Doctor in the Unbound Universe. Am I addressing Professor Summerfield? Oh, it's a lazy Susan with you lot these days. Which one are you? Oh, you're fun. Which one am I? The wrong one. Professor Summerfield, I need you. Take my hand, quickly. Hey! Oh. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, the new adventures of Bernie Summerfield. Professor Bernie Summerfield, archaeologist. The Doctor, intergalactic adventurer, saviour of planets, king of the universe, etc, etc. I have a card if you'd like one. Doctor, look around you. This universe is dying. Okay, so how long have we got? Until the stars grow cold, the planets crumble and every last atom is torn apart. Around about tea time. 
Welcome everyone, welcome. All are welcome to the library. Ooh. <laughs> Bottoms up. Yeah, whatever. You glow, Bernice. You shine. A woman who faces death with a glass in her hand and a smile on her lips. It's wonderful. A polite word to the pursuing fighters. You can shoot at me as much as you like, but I'm faster, determined, and in a contrary mood. Sir, I'm not going to let you stop me now! Oh, typical doctor, never admitting you're wrong, even at the end of the universe. Big finish. We love stories. Scrum diddlyumptious stuff there. And released this week on Thursday, the 9th of February, which I can never say when I think about it. From some of the creative minds who brought Big Finish's The Confessions of Dorian Gray to life, and starring Netflix's Dirk Gently Samuel Barnett, it's Cicero. Here's the trailer. Cicero? Yes. yes. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Cicero. I have heard, Marcus Tullius, that you are a lawyer of considerable talent. He is. Then you are also my last and only hope. An innocent man stands accused of murdering his father. What's this man's name? Sextus Roscius, the younger. My father and I were on good terms. Yet you stand accused of murdering him. We were 60 miles apart the night he died. These are violent times, and I have seen men far more timid than him turn savage in the right circumstances. It's a very straightforward case. Really? Of course. Roscius hated his son. The feeling was mutual. That family, that bad seed, Cicero. The father posing as a friend to the consul while double-dealing behind his back. The son posing as the noble heir to his father's fortune, all the while plotting his demise. Bad seeds. You know, I don't think anyone would blame you if you were to quit this case. <laughs> blame or mind? What do you mean by that? You seem a bright young man, Cicero. I would hate to see such talent squandered on such a hopeless case. Embarrassment, the shame of it, would hang around your neck forever. I'm certain of that. Big finish. We love stories. It was staring us in the face, Quintus. This whole time it was staring us in the face. Cicero is available from bigfinish.com at very, very attractive price. Oh, yes. Very, that sounds a bit disturbing, Benji. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you're into audio releases with a historical flavour, you might want to take a look at our classics range. It features the Phantom of the Opera, Frankenstein, Dracula, lovely stuff like that. Here's a taster of that sort of thing. Angel of Music, I am here. Come to me. Approach the mirror, my child. Look into its depths. And have you ever seen this ghost? No, monsieur. 
but I have heard him. Such a soft, gentle voice, she says, like a breath of wind through barley. You wish to look upon me. Who's that? Raoul, is that you? One thing alone we lack. Our souls indeed have fiercer hunger than the body's need. Oh, happy they that look in loving eyes. The harsh world round them fades. The master's voice in sweetest music bids their souls rejoice and wakes an echo there that never dies. Frankenstein! Frankenstein! Let's go see if we can find ourselves a Martian. When I was 10 years old, everyone at school had a poster of you on their bedroom walls. The first human voice from Mars. The whole world was listening. It's incredible. Looks like a gateway into the city. They're dead! Sam, you're frightening me! They're all dead! There's nothing anyone could have done, Spender. I know they're here. I can feel it. I've seen some dreadful things in my time on this Earth. A map! Not just any map, Jim. A treasure map. I've lived my life among some of the wickedest men that God ever allowed upon the sea. Take my arm and That's I'll... Ah. Oh, boy. Take me in straight or I'll break your arm. Come now, march! And it's for the worst of them, as I want you to keep your weather eye open. And don't forget... Once you've bought it, you can tantalise your ear things with it on the Big Finish listening app, available for iOS and Android devices. Yet yeah, it's free. Oh, it's free, you know. No, definitely. Get on that. Absolutely. And absolutely. And recording this week in Big Finish Studios, possibly at this very moment, is John Dorney's seventh Doctor story, the High Price of Parking, featuring Mel and Ace in a high-octane quirky tale of alien intrigue and law enforcement, with something very, very scary lurking at the heart of it. As it's in studio, we haven't got any clips for you as yet, uh, but yep, you have to imagine the them. You just imagine it. It goes something like this. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but I've, I've read the script, and I can tell you it's a real corker. It's part of what we strangely call the Doctor Who main range, but you can also see it as part of the Seventh Doctor collected range. It's out in July this year. That's 2017, by the way, in case you've found this podcast in a time capsule drifting off the shoulder of Orion. That's right, it's 2017, and actually, taking it even to even more specific ways uh it is this particular day is very important nick in 2017 it might not be for the listeners as this is in the past today is national cheesecake day <laughs> there we go <laughs> wow i've suddenly got a bit peckish oh yeah I've, it's it's only because my sister she works does tourism for for eastbourne and uh and she said oh it's national cheesecake day and, and as soon as i as soon as i was told it i thought this is perfect podcast banter but who doesn't want to hear about National Cheesecake Day? So there we go. That's the end of the news. It's been mashed up into a million pieces, shoved in with a bunch of old cheese, uh, whacked in the oven, turned up to 200C. It's out. It's a cheesecake. And when you eat it, you will literally be eating uh, the news. 
that, 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 that's it. Great to see the jaw heart there. Always. I didn't see it last time because we did this on the phone last time. There's the beast. Yeah, amazing. Oh, that's amazing. It's like a little crossbow. Yeah. Do you have to sterilise it regularly because it just becomes covered in your dribble? I suppose so. I mean, I haven't sterilised it for a while. I, 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 def- I definitely make sure it's... Uh, if anybody else uses it, 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 it doesn't, I don't come into contact with other people's spittle. It's, it's, that's, that's, that's vile. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it's, it's a rather nifty little, uh, little tool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, your Cyberman voice last week was actually much better than I thought it was because I was only hearing it over the phone. And when I heard the proper recording of it, it sounded fantastic. Did it sound? Could you could you understand the words that were coming out with it? I could very nearly understand them. <laughs> that was for all you listeners out there who are into interpret- interpreting language. That was a no. <laughs> I would like to go back to the cheesecake thing before we go on to listeners' emails. Who doesn't want to go back to the cheesecake? I mean, who is it who decides these national days? Is it the committee of utterly utter pointlessness? Well, it's true. I mean, are people being paid to sit down and discuss these things and then come up and go, can we have a national uh, fork day? Oh, what a great idea. I'm sure there's a national spork day. I remember that. You're on that. (laughs) Spork. Spork. I know that there's a national spork day. What's a spork? Mixed, oh, a spoon fork. It's a spoon fork. Love a spork. It is true that just just people with nothing better to do than to literally sit around thinking up things to. Do you reckon they like they nip down to Tesco? They're looking around. They think, oh, love a che- oh yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll do a cheesecake. You know, like National Heinz baked beans day today. You know, like basically anything that they can spot <laughs> spot in there, they decide to. Oh, look, it's National Colgate Toothpaste Day. <laughs> is, um, is every day a, some, is a, a national day of something, do you think? I don't do you know, think but they've I'm, used them all up? I sort of feel like I've got to find out now. National Day yeah, listing? I, I, I want to know because I sort of feel like... I think the only day worth a candle is Big Finish Day, and we haven't had one for ages. There will be we one. We do need to get on, get on that popular demand yeah. no less i know what's going on get on with it sue cowley <laughs> actually cancel it let's just do it let's just let's just do national cheesecake day and, and just have that as <laughs> um, i'm looking at the- that was just a test to see whether sue cowley actually listens to the podcast because if she does she'll be right on to me after that right on um i, I don't know if this 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 website sort of seems slightly rubbish to it but there are a couple of national uh-huh. days that, that, that next week, I believe, is um, National Cuckoo Dancing Week. <laughs> whatever whatever <laughs> that is. Um, help <laughs> Hunt for Happiness Week. <laughs> There's my cuckoo dancing. <laughs> uh, Bald Eagle Appreciation Week. Oh, uh, that's me. I'm Bald Eagle. <laughs> That's what I got called that so many times. What bald eagle? Oh, bald eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bald eagle. Or people say I'm uh, the look like the eagle in the Muppets. You know, Sam. They're like that's a great. That's a great compliment to have. That who? Well, he's got big eyebrows and a beak. That's about, that's about me. He's brilliant though. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you've got a beak though. Well, I have got a bit of a conk on me. So what's the date? The date today is the third. Yes, it's National Fruitcake. Yeah, well, this will be the sixth when this is. So uh, okay, well let's let's obviously. really let's really you know uh, <clears throat> let's be current here. J- 
January the 6th, National Bean Day, which is near, uh, to, the, near uh, to my... Like baked beans? Just Bean Day, it says here. National Cuddle Up Day, National Shortbread Day, and National Technology Day. Wow, so several days are combined. Several days are combined to, to make one real mega day, so... so Put your baked what beans. we're saying is that this this committee who decide these things are what having national beer day every day <laughs> and not quite concentrating on what they're doing and uh so they've got several national days all at once um, i mean i it's, think the whole thing is a fiasco and they should buck up they should <laughs> that was such an aggression there but it's i mean it's true looking on these national days i mean some of them are ridiculous. We've got National Bubble Bath Day on the 8th of Jan. Um, oh, for goodness sake! Oh, it's just National <laughs> Clean Off Your Desk Day. National Cut oh, Your Energy Cost up. Day. Na- <laughs> na- <laughs> National Step in a Puddle and Splash Your Friends Day. Oh, National Shut Up Day! <laughs> national Buck Up Day. Buck up! I declare today National Buck Up Day, and I want that committee, whoever they are, to be dissolved immediately with immediate effect and buck up. That was Nick uh, on behalf of the National Buck Up Day Trust. There, uh, just a reminder: uh, National Beer Can Appreciation Day is on January the twenty fourth. Is there a National Pointless Day? <laughs> No, but National Backwards Day is on is on January the thirty first. Yes, of course it is. So it's National a, Backwards Day. I love. Yeah. I love. What about forwards and sideways and <laughs> slightly three degrees to the left day? Well, I think Doctor Who Day can be summed up on January the thirtieth, which is National Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day. <laughs> That's Ark in Space Day. Yeah, I was going to say Wirren, we're looking at you, Wirren, Mr. Wirren. Wirren, Wirren. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there we go. So uh, I hope now you, you, all you listeners at home have had your fill of national days. And if you've got any national days in which you just feel like sharing, they have to be legit, then do email in. And uh, actually, that brings us now to... What time is it, Nick? It's time now for listeners' emails. I thought you were going to go, it's 11.29. <laughs> <coughs> Excellent. I nearly did, to be quite frank. <laughs> what time is it? Anyway, emails, emails. Here comes the music. And remember that you can email... And remember that you can email us at podcast at bigfinish.com. A fact that Peter Ware of Doctor Who magazine will only be too pleased to remind you about. Won't you, Peter? Peter! Peter! Yeah. By the way, I'm going to... I'm going to leave that fluff in because it's National Fluff Day! (laughs) National Mess Up the Podcast Day! (sighs) Right, uh, so um, this one here is from Cole Grayus. Cole Grayus? Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with that, guys, yeah, because it's national. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's national. If I pronounce the name wrong, day, um, it's <laughs> it fine. Doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, and you can't complain, day. So, hello, Nick <laughs> and Benji. The old great whistle test pastiche that Eric Idle did was on his Rutland weekend television show. Incidentally enough, going off the email here, uh, I remember from the Rutland weekend television show was the Ruttles. Which I, yes. which, I, which I nearly bought on, on vinyl uh, a couple of days ago, but I decided... You should. I, I thought about it, but then 
I, I spent I spent like many years of of my youth growing up listening to the Ruttles because I bought the CD and oh, yeah. knowing the words to the Ruttles more than I did the Beatles. So mm-hmm. so not good. So yeah. Um, yeah, but he sent a wonderful clip of that in, which was which was marvellous and, and got us all like, Yeah, we'll do a, I'll do a sneaky clip of that. Hi, welcome to Whistle Test. Tonight on Whistle Test, we've got Rex Higgins, Steve Flea, the Wretched Admiral Sphincter, Grunties, Hot Nadgers, Red Buttocks, and Toe the Wet Sprocket, so it promises to be really good. We've also got a preview of the new Vomit album, and I shall be talking as usual like this. Wow. But first on Whistle Test, here's our studio group, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yeah, Eric Idle there being brilliant on Rutland Weekend Television. Eric Idle being brilliant, for, he's just brilliant, isn't he? He's a brilliant guy. Yeah. I do see, because in the last podcast I wondered whether it was that send-up of the old grey whistle test was on um, uh, Rutland Weekend Television or Monty Python. Yeah, they're well. They're both kind of they're very very similar in their format. So it could it could have been anyone, but yeah. Funnily enough, in in Rutland Weekend Television, rather a sign of the times, they called it the old gay whistle test. Really, <laughs> thinking that that would make yeah. Didn't you notice it says the old gay Ooh, whistle test? Con- controversial. Yeah, well, you know, think it, think it was funny just to say the word gay. Uh, mm-hmm. Times move on, I feel. Times. Anyway, there's more of this email, isn't there? There is more of this email. And you mentioned covering the song I'm Going to Spend My Christmas with a Dalek as Slick Briggs and the Fabulous Four. And he's actually done a great uh, cover for that, which is remarkable yeah. uh, on the old Parlophone uh, record company there. Real Beatles-tastic cover. Rather with movie darling. I don't know who that lady is. Neither do I. That lady on a farm with three Daleks looking at her. (laughs) It's just really weird. Is that actually a photograph or they has he photoshopped the Daleks onto the picture of the lady? I don't know, but you can imagine her sort of saying, All right there, black Dalek, I've got your milk and your your eggs, (laughs) right that as you like them. To make the custard. To make more custard! (laughs) More plum pudding. And talking of plum pudding, no less, that was a reference to I'm going to spend my Christmas with a Dalek, which actually, as Cole says here, Sophie Aldred has beaten us to it. There we go. Yeah. Very good rendition. And, and, and she's on YouTube. Oh, I'm yawning. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just bored of the podcast. Bored of um, it. She's on YouTube uh, <laughs> singing it. And I did, uh, we had a little conversation on Facebook, Sophie and I. I said, oh, I should, well, she's got a beautiful singing she's voice. She's got a really good, I, know, I was like, whoa. I was like, that's, that's a, a little, kept that one on the quiet, didn't she? Go. Did you read the end of this email? Um, love listening to the podcast and keep up the silliness. Did you? Um, no, I, I was. I was. I was. We were discussing Sophie Aldred beat, beating you to <laughs> it. I've read it now. <laughs> yeah, well done. Oh, regards, uh, Cole. Regards, Cole. There we go. Love listening to the podcast and keep up the silliness. Smiley face. Regards, Cole. So there we go. Cole, thanks for that wonderful, and I mean wonderful, uh, email. Thank you very much. Here's a nice one from Andrew Scott. Presumably, isn't he a famous actor? He is plays, a famous uh, actor. Moriarty. I can't imagine him sending in an email like this. He'd probably send it. It says, uh, 
It's just entitled Exilons, because <laughs> we're obsessed with Death to the Daleks, a Doctor Who story from 1974. Uh, stop the move. Stop the um, move. And he... He said, uh, very funny, do keep it up. Andy Scott said from my iPhone. Imagine, very funny, do keep it up. Andy Scott said from my iPhone. You can literally, that's literally how Andrew hear Scott, the, the actor would do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how he'd do it. Uh, shorter <laughs> to the point. Um, yes, I put Q Jess to the Daleks segment. <laughs> Any more favourite lines? Um, space chums? Do you remember the space, space chums? chums yes. I don't expect too much help from your space chums. Oh, my days. Yes, yes. Oh, God. Well, I, I, I've just had a line in my head that just faded. Um, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Obviously... Uh, Oh no, no, it's gone. Oh no! Oh, it was really good as well. Obviously, fight it below. <laughs> fight it! Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Fight it! I, I remember you I had do a, a party not exist. With some not exist. Not exist. <laughs> yeah, not exist. I was just about to say we had this. Um, we had a party, and uh, I had uh, my microphone set off, and I, I put on. <laughs> I put on loads of delay on the on the microphone and played it live through the speakers, and we just sat there uh, for for a good couple of minutes, uh, just go, just going fight it, fight it, it does not exist, exist. <laughs> like, oh, it was brilliant. brilliant. And that effect is brilliant because it's basically a sort of top of the pops light spinning around. <laughs> it's, isn't like, it? it's like it's like it's not even that, is it? It's like a dentist light, like one of those big, you know, those huge lights. <laughs> It's got that wonderful effect when when um when it, the camera zooms out and and the old camera that the light follows it doesn't it? It's all yes, yeah, that it. sort of yes, that yeah, because it, the video cameras just couldn't take extreme sources of light, and so you just oh, there was a term for that. It wasn't bleeding. I can't remember what it is now. I remember Keith Barnfather of Mythmakers fame was always talking about that. It was because they were tube cameras and not digital ones. Um, mm. Anything else from Death of the Daleks? I feel like we've we've sort of copped out. You know, we should do at least half we an should, hour. Should, <laughs> uh, uh, perhaps, perhaps you know, perhaps we we, we need to just. I, I feel like I need to watch it again. I haven't seen it in, in at least uh, two months. <laughs> <laughs> two minutes. Yeah. Two minutes. Um, well, I'd I'd watch it tonight, except that my son has agreed to. Uh, well, no, he has asked. It makes it sound like I'm forcing him again. <laughs> I'm forcing him to like Doctor Who. Now I'm on the X-Men. Shut up! Shut up and watch um, the Roots. <laughs> Root one, Dalek nil. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good line. There's a um, good line. No, I've been reading him horror at Fang Rock. Oh, marvellous. Yeah, and uh, which uh, what he's been doing while I've been reading it to him, he's been drawing whatever I read out. Oh, so we've got loads of pictures of lighthouses and jellies and people looking at things and uh, a, a bowl of soup was one oh. of the things he drew and I, I, thought, I said what's oh, that he said well uh, Vince gave the lady some soup I thought oh yeah yeah it's and so I bought the that, DVD though? like like just just well I think so well like it's amazing you think that story you know released in the 70s and we're, we're in 2017 and there's a young there's a young lad out there who's who's drawing using his imagination and 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 getting pleasure and joy out of out of that story, I think that's that's really amazing. Yeah, he's going to. Uh, uh, we're going. So he's. I bought the DVD and said, "Do you want to see it?" And he said, "Yes, but not today." Whenever it was, <laughs> and but he he said as he went off to school today, he said, "Can we watch Horror Fang Rock tonight when I get back?" And I said, "Yeah." 
So there we are. That's cool. that's what I'll be doing. Well, you lucky. So that thing. is the reason why the prisoner will be late because uh, <laughs> instead of writing it, I've I've been watching horror of Fang Rock. <laughs> Think of worse reasons for it being late. To be honest, yes, that's true. Okay, uh, that there we go. Uh, that touching story. Uh, this from Charles Goucher. I've written his name phonetically because he's absolutely uh, told us about how to pronounce. It looks. I would have said Goucher or Goucher or something if I had not been told Goucher. But since it's um, uh, the national day of not pronouncing people's names properly, that's fine. Greetings, podcast denizens. My fondest salutations to the extemporaneous lunacy of Nick the nick and benji show it's also the national day for just not reading probably <laughs> i have to admit after so many comment comments on death to the daleks i couldn't retain my composure after listening to the galloway hour <laughs> yeah it did seem like an hour to... yes yes sorry sir <laughs> didn't quite hear that <laughs> closes the eyes no yeah <laughs> Now, Daleks, do you want to come down the pub? We are in command! <laughs> we do not go down the pub! Oh, come on now, just a wee shandy. Come on, I'll... No shandies! I'll pay. Only exterminations! All right, I'll throw in some nuts and maybe a quick game of billiards. Fancy a cashew. <laughs> uh, comedy gold indeed. Oh, says oh, Charles. Very, very nice of you. you. Very tolerant of you. But afterward, it left me wondering... When I should expect to hear the next big Finnish production, Gallifrey Seven, sorry, Galloway Seven, Enemy Times. <laughs> yeah, I got the joke wrong there. Starring Duncan Lamont and Sophie Aldred, question mark, question mark, question mark. I may have some wires crossed. I think we all have. After listening and doing this podcast, we're all in need of some kind of electric shock therapy. <laughs> I was saddened to hear of the death of Sir John Hurt, having just finished listening to The Invisible Man. And... And I'm at least partially thankful that he had the opportunity to finish the War Doctor series. I can't wait to feast my ears on it. Uh, but it did get me wondering about unfinished plot lines of the past. Between sudden television contracts and Elizabeth Sladen's own passing, we never received a conclusion to the Sarah Jane Smith audio stories. I recognise that full cast adventures aren't possible and a printed book is highly unlikely, but I do wonder if a short trip audio might be possible. I do abhor unfinished stories. Uh, do you know, Charles, I don't abhor unfinished stories because life is always unfinished, you know. Um, and But there's there's not much prospect of concluding the Sarah Jane thing. So we have spoken to Russell T. Davis about that, although really only with regard to the Sarah Jane, Sarah Jane adventure stories. But... Uh, Oh, goodness me, my phone's ringing. Is it anyone I can answer to? No, it's my agent. Uh, he can wait. He can wait. <laughs> well, it could be interesting, though, couldn't it? I oh, know, I'll leave it. <laughs> uh, I, hope he I hope he never listens it, to the, the podcast. It's the, it's the call to, to, to be the next Doctor Who, and you're going to miss it. <laughs> just just because you... you, you yeah, it's, oh, you missed it, Oh, Nick. you missed it. They, they've, they've given it to, to Richard Madeley. <laughs> oh, Very similar voice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, until Benji starts randomly barking during the podcast recordings, I'll keep your podcast one of my favourites. And I remain a loyal subscriber. Oh, this is a reference to your dog, secret dog identity. It's funny. Charles Goucher, San Jose, California. <laughs> California. <laughs> I, I put a, a video of my dog up on Twitter because he gets very excited when um, he gets very excited when it's food time. 
and uh, a chap called Simon who uh, I met over at, uh, at the Newcastle Dimensions convention tweeted and said wouldn't it be fantastic if we <laughs> replaced your voice with Nick's voice and the dog's voice with your voice <laughs> I was like, God, that sounds cruel. That sounds like some sort of bizarre surgery performed by the Martians in Mars Attacks. Isn't it? We have, uh, we have replaced that. Mars Attacks. I've not seen that in a. Oh, I'll I have to it. dig that one out. God. Yeah. What a movie! I tell you, when when that I went to see it with a friend of mine when it first came out, and she. Uh, during the starting sequence with all those millions of saucers flying over, just different shots from different angles of millions of flying saucers and the music, dun, 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 you know, and all that. Oh, yeah. I was just laughing my head off. No one else in the cinema was. I mean, I was literally, you know, in some but you, kind of But you got it. You, you got life. it. Yeah. And she turned around to me. She said, I don't think you're meant to be having quite so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that I'm in heaven. Flying saucers everywhere. It's amazing. It's like this is the I way. I remember thinking, watching, I remember thinking, that's it. Graphics aren't going to get better than this. We've reached the peak. <laughs> I remember thinking, thinking this is not going to get better. And look at us now. Yes, yes. Though you, you occasionally pop were into entirely like, made of CGI. Well, you you occasionally pop into shops like comic shops or you know old DVD like culty shops that you see out and about, and occasionally you'll bump into one of the aliens from Mars Attacks, like a big full size model, and that is terrifying. Mm. That really is terrifying. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and you heard how he, how as Tim Burton did the voice. I don't know how he him did it, shouting. But, but oh, well, it was just him shouting into a, an old cassette recorder. Well, going, just go, yes, and my agent, stop it. Uh, sorry, the buzzer. Yeah, he just went ah! like that. <laughs> and then they just sampled it and just kept playing it like ah, 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 ah. So, yeah, they wanted to make it the most rubbish recording they could possibly get. Sounded great, though. Anyway. So, yes, um, one, was I, is it my turn for It's my turn now, isn't it? Mm. So, this one is simply from someone who identifies themselves as Mark with a C, which reminds me of Mark Bolan. To Nick and Benji. We had this so writing some Zigster songs. We 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 played this great game which is you play a Mark Boland song and you you just click in the middle of random songs and we worked out that they pretty much just all sound like the same song. They're just very everyone's <laughs> every single song it's a bit like this, but it doesn't even matter at all. But <laughs> we're going to get so many complaints from the Mark Boland Appreciation Society. My, my dad loves Mark Boland, so if if he hears this, that's it. I'm, I'm banished. I'll be banished from from the Clifford family forever. He doesn't listen, though, does he? No, he doesn't listen. It's fine. That's no, fine. We'll say whatever we want. <laughs> we can say what we want. It doesn't even matter at all. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that, Mark. Um, yes. Yeah, so, to Nick and Benji, just dropping a message about your current run of new series products. It's all rather good, and I'm looking forward to the top-secret Georgia Moffat Tenant series. Keep up the good work. One question, though. Has Big Finish ever looked into producing a Joss Whedon's Firefly series? 
P.S. You're not the only one who has a random Doctor Who moment. You have Death to the Daleks with John Pertwee and Bilal. Me and my mate Lewis have Peter Davison and Richard Mace, or the Richard Mace experience. There's plague where? Everywhere. Like that a line? He says, it's a very strange performance, isn't it, by someone, what's his name, Michael Robbins? Yeah, I think so. He talks like this all the time. I have not. Because he was um, famous at that point for having been in a really awful sitcom that, of course, we all thought was brilliant in the 70s called On the Buses. (laughs) And he played Arthur, who was this ghastly man who hated his wife uh, uh, because she was ugly and she was always wanting to... It's old Olive, isn't it? ...claim her... Hmm? Was, it, was it Olive? Olive, that's right, yeah. And it's just, it's just, I mean, it's still on ITV3 from time to time and it is, it is seven million kinds of offensive, you know. Oh, it's, but it was it's, always, oh my God, Olive, and oh you, and he's just so horrific to her. Oh, Stan, please give us a cuddle. And he's going, oh, get off me, you, you disgust me. And you know, it's, and the audience are screaming with laughter at this man just being horrific to his wife. You know, oh, it's just horrible. But anyway, that's what he was famous for. And, and apparently, I heard that he was a very, very good actor. But of course, in those days, if you did something big and popular, you were typecast and you couldn't get another job. Yeah. These days, if someone does something big and popular. Everyone goes, oh, what else can you do? Come and do this, come and do that. So he did get a chance to do a bit of proper acting in in Doctor Who, which was quite nice. That's his line, is it? There's plague, where? Everywhere. I don't know. (laughs) I'll have to watch The Visitation again. Not one of my favourite stories. It's not, well, you know, it's... Yeah, I've not seen it in a long time. I used to have it on the VHS, like the double box. I think I've got it on DVD, but but I, I, I might actually be that guy that's that owns it but hasn't watched it on DVD. Oh, yeah, it's just well, not, it's I just have not, got it on DVD and I've... It, it's not it's, one of the ones it's, I've... It, it, oh, it's so dull. It's, it, does, it does have shades of that, doesn't it, in it? So I'm, I'm going to use the D word. Well, you know, I'm just out there with it. It's just, yeah, honestly... No, it also has an episode ending in it, which is exactly the same as an episode ending from Four to Doomsday, with the Doctor about to get his head cut off. Four to and Doomsday, that is seven shades of dull, in my opinion. <laughs> I quite like Four to Doomsday. You see, you I, I remember... I haven't watched it for years. So. I remember being really excited, having not seen Four to Doomsday, and I remember saying, right, yeah, it's going to be great, it's called Four to Doomsday. I mean, what more do you want in a title than that? A real rip-roarer of uh, uh, excitement. And watch it, I was just like... Right, so where's the, uh, where's the Doomsday bit? Yeah, I must say, can I reveal <laughs> my, potentially reveal my ignorance... Why is it called Four to Doomsday? I've no idea. I, 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 for what? I, I, I don't know. I don't for boring episodes. For, to doomsday. for boring episodes, <laughs> resulting in you possibly thinking Doomsday is a, a, a finer alternative. A better option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, but anyway, when Peter Davison's about to get his head chopped off in the Visitation, he says, "Not again." And I. I Knowing Peter, I think he put that in. I think he probably said, can I say not again? Because we did this a couple of weeks ago. Do you think... uh, He's very conscientious like that. 
Yeah. See that that it would be an interesting thing to see if it's in the script, wouldn't it? Well, there are all sorts of instances actually that people I know that uh, I know this from some of the information text and the people who do those on the um, that text on the the DVDs. There are many instances of Peter Davison saying uh, his character saying things in the stories that clarify stuff and the lines that aren't in the script that clearly he has said. Can we just um. You know, go over that. And, so uh, you know. he's a very smart actor, really smart. It's good. Yeah, it's nice. Brilliant. It's nice as well to have somebody who's, who's in that. You know, taking on that role. It's nice that they're, they're putting that much thought into it as well, and actually taking a moment to to clarify yeah, things, make, and yeah. reassure. Yeah. You know, yeah, interesting. Of course, we're neatly avoiding the uh, mention of a top secret Georgia Moffat series. I'm saying nothing else. I mean, Peter Davison said something about it in an interview, and I looked at him and said, shut up. Don't say that. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, also, um, the, the Joss Whedon's Firefly thing, this, been, this has been mentioned a lot, and it's all tied up. You know, you, we... We wouldn't be able to get near it, unfortunately. We would love to do it. Obviously, it's brilliant. Uh, obviously, Joss Whedon is brilliant. Uh, but no, there's no chance of it. Right, that's it. The end of the emails, Benji. That's it. The emails are done. They're dusted. They're over. I've packed them onto a freighter. Uh, I tapped to try and stop it crashing into Earth, but it didn't happen. And now Beryl Reed is telling me to get the hell out of there. Goodbye, emails. I knew you well. And so now we depart from our usual podcast format to pay tribute to a great actor with whom we at Big Finish have been privileged enough to work. Sir John Hurt. I've never been the sort of actor that's had ambitions. So things come out of the blue and if somebody... And I call myself now the victim of other people's imagination. <laughs> because uh, I, I think one of the... I think actors are pretty bad at choosing their own parts anyway because they tend to choose things which puts them in, the, in a light that they see themselves but actually nobody else does. Uh, it's a very dangerous area to be in, I think. And by um, going operating the way that I've operated has meant that I've been able to do all sorts of different things because di people see you differently. He was a prodigy right from the word go. Tom Baker. Stupendous in a play called Little Malcolm and his fight against the eunuchs. And he was very young. He's also a good artist. People often talk about the variety of roles he played as if that's something unusual, and it is. Big Finish director Ken Bentley. One of the things that's always fascinated me about John Hurt is that he went to art school before he trained as an actor. And I think it's that experience that determined a lot of the choices he made. And I ceased to ask anymore. I said, well, why me? You know, when offered something like Caligula, you think, you think to yourself, what, why me? What on earth makes... What, what makes me right for that and science fiction comes into the same bracket in a sense because I, I i never saw myself doing science fiction but ridley scott saw me doing alien at that time i suppose i was i'd be quite fashionable at that time too because i was a new one and uh you know those boys were eating up as much as they could of the of the new talent as it were and it happens in every generation so Often when an actor sadly passes away, we say to ourselves, at least we can still watch them on film. But John's body of work seems to be so much more than just a document. He made such bold and brave choices to play Quentin Crisp, to play the Elephant Man, to be happy to be killed off at such an early stage in Alien. I'd just done Midnight Express 
uh, and I'd done I Claudius uh, just be- before that. And well, I'd done the Shout before that, and then I did I Claudius before that, and before that I did uh, uh, Naked Civil Servant. That was almost science fiction. Yeah. <laughs> that came about simply by mucking about in Jerry's, Jerry's Club, and um, and Philip Mackey happened to be there. Oh, Bumbly Philip, a lovely guy. I don't know if you ever knew. Him. No, no. A terrific writer, and he was. Uh, he had this. This was his pet piece, and he said, "I got a, I got a rather marvelous piece if you, if if you're interested." And of course, they were, everybody was quite tentative at that time because uh, civil servant was that time was fairly outrageous. I mean, it was uh, it was you would never think so now, but I mean, it was way before the sexual revolution. So. He was, in spite of all his lovely simplicity and sweetness and generosity. As an actor, he had—he was weirdly, weirdly, uh, supernaturally strange, wasn't he? In real life, he wasn't strange at all. He used to smoke a cigarette or have a drink, and it was very nice and all that kind of thing. I knew, yes, Tom pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I can remember knocking around with him, Jeffrey Bernard, and everybody like that in the in the uh, coach and horses. You know, I mean, that's that was our place with all the. Private Eye Boys as well and all that. But give him a script and a bit of... I mean, his performance as Quentin Crisp was prodigious. That that was amazing. Um, Absolutely amazing. I can't imagine any other actor of any generation making those choices. And on top of that, the work was immaculate. Never anything less than effortlessly and blisteringly truthful. He is somebody who I've watched all my life big finish producer david richardson i would go as a teenager if he was in a film i would go and see it so i saw the elephant man uh alien 1984 uh, scandal whatever he did i went to see it at the cinema i'm nick briggs big finish executive producer and you know i feel pretty much the same as david there just talking there um that i watched all those films and John Hurt was so important to all of us, um, uh, particularly uh, to do such a brave thing as The Elephant Man. That's the one that really got me to make himself almost anonymous in a part, unrecognisable. And that film just reduces me to tears every time to the point that I can't watch it anymore because I start crying when the opening credits run. And then to learn that we at Big Finish would be working with this man, this great actor, John Hurt. (laughs) In terms of my feelings, it was a mixture of the sheer excitement of having this whole untapped era of Doctor Who that had never been told for us to be able to explore that on audio. Um, And actually, I was terrified of working with John Hurt in the best possible way because... I admired him so much um, and I, I don't know I don't, it was just that fear of letting him down I'd seen Doctor Who with William Hartnell but it was a kiddies show you know and I wasn't into kiddies shows <laughs> a very intense actor I wanted all kinds of realities but not but not, not Doctor Who's really no that all came later so you didn't develop it, you didn't have it a... It came with the freedom of age, actually. That's the glorious thing. I, know, I mean, now I think there's so many things are open for you. It's so, it's so ridiculous to confine yourself to one idea. 
what was your uh, first reaction when uh, presumably your agent told you they were interested in you doing that? Well, I said, oh, Doctor Who, I think it's really my sort of stuff. And then Anwen was listening. Your wife? Yes, and when she heard that it was the 50th anniversary, she said, you've got to be f***ing joking, you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I really got her to thank for... <laughs> I'm really pleased I did it because it, it opened up a whole new area for me. A whole new area. It's not because she was a Doctor Who fan, was it? She just recognised Oh, yeah, but, she, but she's a very clever girl. She really is far too clever to, for, not to be, to be unfamous, if you see what I mean. Really, really. But uh, she's, uh, whether she was a Doctor Who fan or not didn't make any difference. The fact is she knew what it meant. And I didn't. I just uh, I, it passed me by in a sense. I just still thought of it as a kids' program, really. But on the other hand, I did see Tom Baker because I mean I saw a lot of him in in Soho. You know, the time, the time he was doing that, and I saw a few of his. I thought it was rather marvellous. I must say, yeah. Leading up to John working with us, the chairman of Big Finish, Jason Hay-Gillery, uh, contacted me and said, uh, John Hurt has asked for your phone number <laughs> because he wants to talk to you. And so I was delighted and terrified in equal measure. And then I missed his call. So I got a voicemail from John Hurt saying, hello, it's John, John Hurt. Um, just wanted to chat with me about how the recordings were going to go. Um so we had a very nice chat eventually very i thought ah he's a lovely affable guy hopefully this is going to be wonderful and so then came the day when we were to work with him for the first time i i remember him coming in yes i remember him coming through the door and everybody was a little bit nervous there was that sense of trepidation and then I think that vanished within about 30 seconds because because he wouldn't have any of that. Um, what, what I really, really liked about him was that he, he obviously was aware he had this status as one of our most loved actors in the country. Um, but he didn't play up to that or want it acknowledged. He wanted to be just another person in the room having normal conversations. The first time I met John Hurt, I heard him speaking lines I had written, which is possibly as unimaginable and surreal and as exciting as it can get. Feel free to stop talking any time you like. Face it, you're on our side. And he's been delightful and positive throughout the whole thing, really. Very keen to do extra takes, very committed to getting it right, extremely complimentary about the script. He's no need to be, you know, so it's very, very nice of him. And just, he really loves it. It seems to mean something to him and uh, he, he throws his all into it. And I think he's a nice man. I've enjoyed chatting to him as well. It's one thing to do the 50th anniversary special of Doctor Who. Yeah. Because it's a big cultural event and your wife wisely advised you. You, yep, you better yep, be in that. Yep. It's another thing to come back and do some audio uh, adventures with him in uh, The Wall Doctor. What, what made you say yes? I was, when I'd been offered, I said, are you going to do any more? And I said, well, I don't think so because I see The Wall Doctor is fits in a very, you know, that his, his problem is their problem and that's been dealt with in a sense. Uh, and I'm not likely to 
you know, I don't, I, unless, I mean, I'm not put, ruling it out, I've said, but if, you know, unless somebody comes up with a really st stonker of an idea that is, would involve him again. But uh, when I got ill, uh, I had to make some sort of insurance, if I could, as to things that I knew I could do. And I'm pretty sure that I would be able to do this, you know. But, you know, it doesn't make any difference why you did something. The fact is one did. And that is always of a fascination to me because the number of things that you done, you did, but maybe because you were skint and you thought, oh, I'll do this piece of crap. Um, not that I think this is crap. I never, I didn't, never thought that. But I, it, it's not something that I would have necessarily have involved myself in, I don't think. Yeah, well, you would have been too busy filming and as well. Possibly. As aside from any decision about whether you'd... Possibly, possibly, uh, yes. Yeah. And who and who know? But I mean, you know, the, the thing is, again, that uh, you can't plan careers. You think, you think that's the way to play it. It's not necessarily the case at all. Yeah. If you follow your nose, often that's the way to play it. If that's... It's a way to work out. And that's, that's exactly how I feel about this. I mean, I've enjoyed every second of it. I really have enjoyed every second of it. I mean it. It, and, it, uh, it seems to me, though, that you're... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've only worked with you for a few days, so I don't really you, know. We, we work fairly intensely, though. Yeah. I think you could, we could say that. I, d I don't yeah. want to presume any knowledge of you. But um, it seems to me that you don't, you don't look for problems. You look to enjoy yourself, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, you, I mean, I just I consider myself to be one of the luckiest men in the universe, really. I'm do I, I'm living in a country that allowed me to do what I wanted to do. Not only that, but they gave me a grant to go and, and train to do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't do that anymore no. without paying it back, but they did do then, and I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't had that. And only the monstrous survive. Yes, there we are. That line came to me when I was sitting by platform 18 at Waterloo Station. Well, it would have indeed. I thought it was inspired. <laughs> <laughs> One thing which was very interesting about doing the War Doctor audios was as soon as we'd announced it, um, and this is the first time this has happened at Big Finished, my inbox was flooded with requests from actors to be in them. Um, and what I did, I made a spreadsheet of all the people who'd asked, and I think with I think two exceptions and this was down to availability um, I managed to get them in for the recordings it was a dream come true for them they, 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 one of their life's ambitions was to act with John Hurt and the fact we made it possible at Big Finish for them um, it was it was just the most lovely feeling uh, you know they, they they went away with that fulfilled and are still talking about it to this day and you, of course, interviewed him quite a lot for the behind-the-scenes things. Yeah. Are there any particular things that he said that stick in your mind? Um, there are, actually. This, this sounds terrible because um, the thing that sticks most in my mind is him talking about Big Finish. And it's just because I was so incredibly touched by it that he, he, he just made clear how much he admired us. I mean, I've just enjoyed it. I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the cast. I've enjoyed yourself, Nick. I've enjoyed the whole production team. And I hope it works for, for you know, them lads and lasses. 
How did you feel when you knew you were going to have the chance to work with John Hurt? It's one of those things you never think is going to happen. You, I couldn't. I, I never went into this. There are certain actors I've, I've admired um, over the years who, you, who I've just assumed I will never get the opportunity to work with. Um, and so it, I can only describe it as being utterly surreal being given the opportunity to work with somebody like John Hurt. What was it like working with him? Um, it's just a joy working with him. It's almost uh, you, you don't with, with actors like John Hurt. You you don't have to do you don't have to work much to be honest with you. They do so much of the work for you. He's so experienced. He can hear absolutely everything he's doing as he's doing it. And so you get to the end of something, and he, he'll give himself notes before you even need to. Um, so it's a, a nothing other than a, a joy to sit back and listen to somebody giving you a masterclass in acting. What about the process of working here? It's quite concentrated, isn't it? We do work quite fast. I love that. I, I really love that for, the, for this kind of thing because I, what I can't bear is sitting around trying to intellectualise things and work them out and so on. I mean, just saying, oh, for Christ's sake, just do it. Let's do it. And then it becomes very obvious what works and what doesn't work. There's a collection of writers that you have that understand this specific um, area of this genre and... Uh, so, so they are well written. Well, I, I love sound for a start. Um, I've always enjoyed voice work. I've always enjoyed doing um, radio. I, I think because in a way it's very, very akin to film and less akin to stage, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can cut between, you know, you this time, that time, this what's happening here and what's happening there. Place and time are all... You can play with it in the same way that you can in film. Uh, but it's more immediate. And, of course, it is... I don't know, you have to have a sensibility for it, I think. You have, to, you have to hear it in your head. You have to know what your voice is sounding like, you know, mm. and how it's coming across. He was a dear man and a prodigious actor. Um, and I'm sorry that he's died. He was a nice man, very sorry. And so here am I, so many years older than he, and still alive. It's not fair, is it? I mean, not, it's very fair on me. It's not fair on John, though. But he'd laugh at that. <laughs> there is no other actor like John Hurt. There's, you wouldn't get that performance out of any other actor because he was quite idiosyncratic in what he did. The thing about John was that in real life he was very mild-mannered but the characters he played were actually very sort of strange and outlandish, outlandish and sometimes monstrous. Um, and I think to actually hear that coming into a big finished production was, uh, was a really incredible thing. And it's, it's not just in the studio recordings, it's, it's when you get down to finish listening to the edits. It's, it's, yeah, it's a remarkable thing and the lovely thing is it's there forever. I've been tempted with, with, with something amazing and it's been snatched away from me too quickly is how I feel at the moment. You, you, he's, 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 he's such a, a huge figure within the industry globally um, that that's, of course that's going to be an enormous loss to everybody because there are so many roles. There are still roles yet to come that we're going to be able to sit and watch and the, the, even, even they're going to be painful to sit and watch because all we're going to be thinking is this, this is going to be the last time there won't be anything else and, and he's, he's, been, he's been such a part of all of our lives because of the, um, the huge amount of work he's done um, and, it, and, and it, it, th th that feels like a shock I think particularly because we work with we work with a number of older actors who love audio and they love to come in and, and I love 
I love doing a job that those people love to come in and work on because I learn so much from them because they're brilliant and he's about as brilliant as it gets and to have the opportunity to just start working with him and then for this to happen at too young an age um, is awful. He was such a lovely man and I, I guess we, we just hoped we'd have more time with him at Big Finch and that's a very selfish way to look at it. I mean, the, the, there's also the fact that he, he obviously had a very happy life, a very happy family, um, and we know Jacqueline Pierce very well, who's one of his best friends. So there was, we had that kind of connection into the John Hurt outside of show business our way through, uh, in a way through Jacqueline. So, you know, there's that sense of sadness for them because we know these people and the grief they must be suffering from. So um, there, there's that sense of huge loss for the UK because he he was one of the best actors we've ever had in the industry and all, but also you know for the for his family and for his friends it's a terrible terrible loss he was a very amiable man a, a nice man to be with very conciliatory and very very nice i can only agree with what everyone else has said uh, wholeheartedly and for me it was a really beautiful mixture of being in the presence of greatness and also spending time with a really nice bloke. Um, you know, as you can hear from when we were setting up doing the interview for Doctor Who magazine, just the two of us chatting and him being very generous. It's good. It's good stuff, though. Good scenes. Oh, well, very you. different. Not just sort of... Hey, let's do this. Follow me, you know. There's some real sort of lyrical scenes in it. Well, that's when I was. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just decided to get a little bit uh, a bit fanciful. But then that's. But that Doctor Who is, isn't it? It should be. Yeah, should be. And of course, John Hurt's career has been about so much more than Doctor Who. Of course, it has, uh, as we've all spoken about here, really. But perhaps in this context. You'll forgive us the indulgence of having some final words from him on the subject of playing the Doctor. It's impossible I don't, I, for any actor not to enjoy the idea of playing the Doctor. How can you not play a part that is always right? <laughs> <laughs> and is actually sort of more attractive than anyone else <laughs> <laughs> who's um, funnier than anyone else, who's uh, always got the right answer, cleverer than anyone else, um, always comes out. <laughs> How can you not want to play that? You must be nuts. I mean, it's as if, if, you, want a, uh, if you want an escapist role, it is the, it is the one. It's the one. Hmm. And it's... Yeah, all of those things. I mean, it is flat as the ego, something rotten. <laughs> Would you consider doing it again? Doing this again? <laughs> the sneaky week. question yeah, came in at the end. It's yeah. not contractual, obviously. No, well, of course not. But, uh, yeah, I think I probably would. Big Finish. We love stories. Doc
What's your name? Who, who are you? Yes? It's all right. It's all right. You, 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 you can tell me. Who are you? No one. is a far more dangerous place without you. Oh. I'm afraid I'm dead. Didn't you know? If you want to give me anything, make it peace and quiet. Where are you? Hypocrites. The lot of you. This is it. Doctor. Don't call me that! Lock all weapons on target! You think I'm not a monster? Well, look at me now! Prepare for total extermination of the Time Lords! Look at me! See! See! I'm a monster now, aren't I? Doctor! Nobody of that name here! I told you, the Tartars. Now, go, go, go. No, no, I'm coming with you. Don't be an idiot. I know the Daleks. I know them. War has finally found me again. You're not a monster. 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 far and wide after he had sacked the sacred citadel of Troy. Many were the men whose cities he saw and whose ways he learnt. Yea, and many the woes he suffered in his heart upon the seas, striving to preserve his life and bring his companions home. But though he desired it sore, his companions he saved not. Are you there? Anyone? I see your people approach. I see their aura. They must be exterminated. They are permitted. Knowledge of the experiments must remain secret. I've got a bad feeling about this. You've bred me to offer insight into the Dalek war effort. The Doctor. He used to be called the Doctor. Only I wouldn't call him that now. I came here once. The sky was... Made of dreams. Those days are gone. Ah! I can feel it! I can feel this! Never try to drop a penny into a cup for a mile in the air. No! Then leave it to someone who has! Hang on! This is the place. I've heard the rumors. I like to keep an open mind. You dare 
don't defy me! Big Finish. We love stories. The Doctor would hate what I've had to become. The War Doctor. Agents of Chaos. Please help me! What's going on here? I need to get myself one of these. Are you an ally of the Daleks? I most certainly am not. Do you have any jurisdiction here? Whatever she's told you, that device is not what you think. There you are, Doctor. Oh, Lystra. How did you find me? Agent Sanis, this is the time strategist. Beginning countdown. Ten. Nine. If the Daleks have sent her to Earth, then I have to go there. Six. And as I'm sure the commander has already told you, the Isotron's existence is very much under wraps. We call it the Shadow Vortex. We have to get back to the TARDIS. Fire all weapons. What have you done? What have you done? They are coming. Get down! I'm overriding all my ship's safety protocols to keep the two timelines contained in here. Follow them. They were in agony and reaching out. What are you doing? I am General Fisk, commander of the 8th Sontaran Battlefleet. And you are my prisoner. This is the woman who branded me a war criminal. You expect me to risk my life to get her back? Identify yourself! I am Colonel Vladimir Ilyanich Kaverin. What's happening to me? You will soon be a prisoner of the Daleks. He began to regenerate. The fleet is waiting. If we fail, the Time Lords will order a full attack. If you initiate a time battle, Fask, you'll lose. We shall see. Target acquired! Big Finish. We love stories. They had their chance. And they left me no choice. The War Doctor. You are this doctor. Why should I trust you when you have caused me so many deaths? We must have confirmation of the Time Lord's destruction. You're not a violent man. If you think that, then you don't know me at all. Just be quiet and I'll do my best to forget about you. We have your ship and we will kill you all if you do not let us pass! We surrender! They've won! The Daleks have won! Exterminate the Doctor! The Daleks have defeated us. A greater evil, even than the Daleks. My people and I are needed to stop it. We can't risk losing the TARDIS. It came out of the walls. Out of the walls? The indefatigable spirit of the Doctor. Velvet skies. Cascading light. Patterns in our thoughts. Laughter, sadness, tears, joy. All echo in darkness. Let your imminent destruction prove a deterrent to others! This will be the planet of the Daleks. 
10-0-11-0-0 by 0-2. The location of Gallifrey. How did you manage to activate your TARDIS? I'm a warrior. Just like the rest of the Time Lords. The stranger came early in February, one wintry day, through a biting wind and a driving snow. The Invisible Man. You theorize away. I'm going to ask no more questions, but only take his money. I am an experimental investigator. I do not wish to be disturbed in my work. I'm interested, I suppose, in light. Where the devil are you, sir? I'm standing before you, man. Inches from your face. Come. Let us shake hands, like gentlemen. I do believe he'd already started to unravel, even then. Oh, please! <laughs> He's gone mad! Everyone! The Invisible Man's gone mad! It's too late! Too late for you all! I am now amongst you. Dear God, dear merciful God, defend us. All is darkness now. Darkness rising. Big finish. We love stories. And what about your experiences this week and, and before? You know, any particular things that you want to highlight? No, it's just we got very dangerous area yesterday to, to having a complete corpse down. Oh, God, yes, we did. <laughs> it got so near, I can't tell you. And I know when, once I've gone, that, it takes at least an hour to get me back. <laughs> and I'd nearly, nearly gone. And that hasn't happened a bit. It happened with, with Derek Jacobi, I remember, when we were doing our Claudius. But... I, I can't remember what it was that made us laugh. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you how it happened. Yeah. It's when it happens all together, when the whole cast and the director and the writer <laughs> all at once suddenly are hit with the absurdity of it. Yes. And uh, it just, it was just, it was just suddenly became extraordinarily lunatic I don't know we were all sitting there in separate booths going through this talk I don't know I don't know nearly nearly had us all <laughs>